Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Travis and Vic's Drunken Horror Adventures, The Return. But we weren't even gone. I left the state, but I didn't actually leave the show. You know, I didn't even miss a week, Vic. I know, it's crazy, man. You always take off uh, a week during October, but this time you you set up your vacation just so you wouldn't miss a show. That's I mean, great. That's you know, it's very important. That's dedication. This is important business is what, you know, that's man, all I can say about the, it. The, the best part about it all is the wife didn't even catch on to why you set up those dates. <laughs> I, I'm a... I mean, you know, what can I say? <laughs> yeah, what can man. I say? I have my plans. It's rather genius, to be honest. She tried to stretch it out another day, and I wouldn't let her. And I just <laughs> gave another reason. Yeah. So, Sawtober rolls on tonight, and uh, we're going to be talking about Saw 4 and Saw 5. Now, Vic, uh, since we'll be getting into Saw 4 first, what do you guess is the uh, uh, IMDb score for it? And before you do, let me just do something real quick, okay? I'm going to throw yeah. out the ratings of the previous Saws so we can kind of gather our thoughts here and, and yeah. come up with a rating. Okay, so Saw from 2004 gets a 7.7. I know we're rehashing old things, but we just got to do that. Saw 2 from 2005 gets a 6.6, so it drops 1.1. Saw 3 from 2006 gets a 6.2, so it drops 0.4. You nor I were too much of a fan of Saw 3, but we both gave it a 2.5. Saw 4, this is the one, Vic. What do we got? Oh, my God, man. Um, Deadly declining as we go along. Yeah, yeah, and that's like, I don't want to give it away, like give away my thoughts on it too early, so... I'm not going to say too much about it, but I'm going to say the general public probably gave it a uh, 5.7. You're pretty close. 5.9 Saw Saw 4 gets from 2007. This is the year that Hatchet came out, so it's starting to get a little bit of competition in the horror category. I believe this is right around when Trick or Treat came out, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I I think Trick or Treat might have been like a couple years later, but yeah. So, all right, let's go through the budgets. The first one, remember, it has a $1.2 million budget. The second one, they jacked that budget up to $4 million. Uh, the third one, they jacked it up to $10 million. And the fourth one, the budget is... I bet you it didn't go up much. Let's see. I think it wasn't yep, about exactly $10 million. $10 million. Oh, all right. Exactly. Yep. So ten million budget stays exactly the same. They grossed sixty three million. Saw three actually grossed eighty million, and this is USA, not adjusted for all the other bullshit. So this one drops. I mean, it makes a hell of a profit, obviously, but uh, 
it, it drops. Whereas, uh, well, I mean, let's be fair. Uh, Saw three Play drops from Saw two. They've all dropped. But yeah, the budget is So yeah, the budget stays the same, but they make a little bit less money than the last one, but still a ton of money. I mean, they made eight times the budget. So, uh, and if you look at it, they didn't pay any really high name actors in this one. Um, you know, you get some archive footage of Shawnee Smith, you got Tobin Bell back, you got Costas Mandalore, Sky Patterson, Betsy Russell, not a lot of people who are well-known. And our director of Part 2, Part 3, and I think Part 4 comes, uh, well, he is obviously the director for Part 4, comes back. Uh, that is Darren Lynn Bozeman. So he directed 2, 3, and 4. That's pretty impressive. You don't see that too much from directors. And especially not Nor, man. Like it's always a different director for every sequel. Yeah, he was committed to his craft. I'll give it to him. He likes him some jigsaw, and who can blame him? Yeah, uh, I mean, this jigsaws, yeah, I like jigsaw. Keeping with the the trend, this movie came out October twenty sixth, two thousand seven. Uh, you know, as I said, it always came out the last week around Halloween. I would always watch it uh, at the theaters, other than the first one, and then I'd get it on DVD or Blu-ray in February, right around Valentine's Day. So, um, perfect little theme here with Saul, and you know it's going to happen again this year, uh, which we'll be doing in oh ten days or so. So uh, it's October twenty seventh, man. Speaking of, we got our movie passes, everybody. We're yeah, so pumped. we're hyped. We're going to use them on Friday. Yes, sir. To go see Happy Death Day. So, yeah, and then we can talk about that next Tuesday and let y'all know how yeah. much it, how awesome it is, hopefully. It, it made a little bit of money over the weekend, so that's it good did. to hear. The horror genre is faring well right now. Thank God for it, man. It came through, and uh, I mean, it, it already helped Happy, happy Death Day because, in my opinion, a movie like that coming out wouldn't do nearly what it did without the uh, help of it. Yeah. Well, this movie kicks off, and, uh, you know, again, this is Saul 4 at this point. Um, Amanda and, and and John Kramer are dead, so what the hell is going to happen here? I mean, like, when Saul 3 ended, a lot of people thought that was the end of the series. Uh, David talked about it last week. I mean, where does it go from here, and how, how does this work? It's not like Scream, where you have different killers in each one, you know? So the, the public is curious how this would go, and, and we'll see how it goes here. So... The movie opens up with this autopsy of the Jigsaw Killer, obviously John Kramer. And uh, it, Vic, I have to tell you, when they start talking about torture porn, this is one of those things that makes it qualify for torture porn. I know nobody's being injured here, but this is violence for the sake of violence, my friend. Is it not? Yes, it is. Like, I'm not going to lie, man. I was, I was eating like, when I first started watching this last night, and I, didn't, I, I wasn't too happy about it. I should have warned you about that. It's fucking gross. Yeah, the Saul movies are not something that you want to eat during, unless it's maybe popcorn, because this shit yeah. was foul. This this autopsy, yeah, man, autopsies nice. are nasty. I, I'm not. I'm not. I can't watch those medical shows, dude. And look, you're listening to two guys talking who are not easily grossed out. We're not. But this Saul series has already grossed us out a couple times. So there's a reason why <laughs> it's really called torture is. porn. Yeah, man. There's a reason why Saul is the king of the torture porn. Like, we're we're talking more and more about it every single week. Why it's the king, man? And guys, is it the king? Yep. Well, 
And again, this fucking autopsy is in depth. You know, it's showing his brain getting cut out of his head, and you know, oh. like him getting cut down the chest and with a fucking saw. All of this stuff is nasty. And they pull out his stomach and they cut his stomach open. And what's in his stomach? You've got a wax coated micro cassette. So this is where the story actually takes off. Um, you know, they they tell them to call homicide now. And, you know, I have to tell you, Vic, even though this whole thing's disgusting, the tension is fucking awesome during this whole thing because you know something's about to happen during this autopsy. You just have no idea what. (laughs) Yep, and that's the issue. Like, you're just sitting there like, I don't know what's going on, but it's about to go down. Yeah, and you just have no idea what. I mean, there's so much crazy shit in this series already. You see this autopsy, and you're like, what, is his body going to blow up or something? You just assume something <laughs> crazy is going to happen. So, yeah, no uh, doubt, we get, man. Yep. Well, we get uh, Lieutenant Mark Hoffman comes in, and uh, he comes in to listen to this tape. And, you know, it informs him that he, too, will be tested as he is now the last man standing. And, and you really don't know what the fuck this is about. We saw a little bit of Mark Hoffman in the last one. Not a lot. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was in Saw Three, correct? Uh, yeah, he was. So. He, he was just a, he was just a forensic detective. He didn't do much in Saw Three, but he was there. You know what I mean? And I got to give them credit for continuity. They never had to change actors or anything that I know of. And so he comes back here after a small role in the last one, kind of like Amanda did in Saw Two. You know? Yes, sir. So she played a small role in part one, and then she comes back in part two. And Detective Hoffman, similar to this. So, you know, you wonder what the hell. Okay, so why why is Jigsaw messing with the detective? And if he's dead, what has he done? Well, we go to the mausoleum where these guys are chained to a large, like, winch. What I think of is like the gears on a clock. You know what I mean? Because I don't really know what a winch is. <laughs> Other than a woman who gives you beer in a bar. <laughs> I mean, I used to have a winch in a track. So there's like a, uh, like a, like a tow truck type thing. But I don't think it's like that. Oh. No, I don't think it is. <laughs> well, we get more, we get more fucked up stuff. Okay, so this guy Trevor, he's the bald guy. He wakes up, big dude. His eyes have been sewn together. And Vic, have I ever told you that stitches make me ill? It, that goes along with, like, bone breaking and, and, teeth. and teeth. I could see somebody I, get punched in the face, bleed everywhere, but something about stitches bug me. Really? I didn't know that. I did not know that, sir. It's because my mom, whenever I was, like, you know, I don't know, Jack's age, like, nine-ish, she came home with stitches on her chin because she had had something removed. And, like, I sat there and could not eat my dinner because it bothered me that much. It, seriously, really? it fucking grossed me out. I don't know what it is about it. It's something about the way it looks. And Staples too. No, they're it, gross also. It, it looks disgusting. Like it looks, it yeah. looks foul. But I, something about it, it disturbs me. On my legs, so I'm good. I had them on my forehead. That sucks. I was seven and ran into some bleachers and blood everywhere. It was pretty amazing. They stuck a needle in my head and made me numb me. So there you go. That's what my problem is. If anybody ever wants to know, I had a head injury as a kid like Gacy and Son of Sam. <laughs> That's the problem. We, All we right. had like 10 concussions trying to professional wrestle. It was fun, too. Well, so yeah, yeah. Trevor's eyelids are sewn closed, 
And then across from him is this guy, Art. And I know these names just because of the credits. Otherwise, I wouldn't know what the fuck their names are. Maybe Art's. But anyway, this dude, Art's mouth is sewn shut, which is also disgusting. And uh, he, he can't talk. So you've got a blind guy, and you've got a guy whose mouth is sewn shut. So a mute and a blind guy. And basically, they're chained to this winch, and it's starting to pull them together. And, you know, Trevor's panicking. He starts attacking Art, uh, again, the guy with the Jufro. Uh, and, and after this, this fight ensues, which, by the way, was not a fair sight, fight. I know Trevor's a hell of a lot bigger than Art, but, I mean, he was blind. Kind of, that's not fair. That ain't right. That's not right at all. That's a dick move is what that is. Put a blind dude with somebody who can see. That's not fair. Well, Art predictably kills Trevor. And the way it the way they're set up is when where they're chained, Trevor had the key on the back of his, his uh like his law or his his chain or on the back of his head or whatever. And Art, you know, he takes the key from him after he kills Trevor with this hook. And, uh, you know, he gets himself loose. And when he gets himself loose, he fucking opens his mouth, and that is gross, too. Because, I mean, basically, he <laughs> ripped his mouth open. Oh, so, my God. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm getting disgusted thinking about it again. This will come back later. Later on, we get a flashback where Art finds two things waiting for him. Elsewhere at this mausoleum, uh, you know, one with a recorded message from Jigsaw and an envelope containing instructions, which we'll get to. Um, okay, so it's been six months since uh, uh, the disappearance of Detective Eric Matthews. So that tells us the events of Saw 2, and I believe, I mean, where the fuck was Eric Matthews during Saw 3? No, it was a little while after that, so... Saul 3 takes place between the six months somewhere in there. So it's been six months since Eric Matthews disappears. That's what gets hard, Vic, this fucking timetable. Um, but it's yeah, been four yeah. days. Yeah, it's been four days since Detective Allison Carey vanished. So this is just a few days after what happened in Saul 3. You know? Is that yeah. right? A couple days, mm-hmm. maybe? Yeah. So... Yeah. Uh, uh, Hoffman actually noted that. But anyway, the police discover Carrie's corpse still hanging in that harness of the uh, in- inescapable trap that killed her in Saul 3. And she's got fucking rats climbing in her. Um, I guess because it was in a shitty warehouse, but it was pretty gross. And, uh, you know, after uh, they tell Lieutenant Daniel Rigg, who also is in Saul 2, not to barge through the in- unsecured door, you know, uh, Rig gets all pissed off because he sees Carrie's body. And so now, Hoffman gets introduced to FBI agents Stram and Perez, who's a Hispanic chick and some white dude who annoys me. I'm serious, dude. I wanted to slap this guy. He was the second least, or second, well, so far up to this point, he was the second most unlikable person in the series. The first one was the guy from Saw 3. Agreed? (laughs) Yeah, that dude's alone. I hate this detective. Not as much as I hate the guy from Saw 3, but I still hate him. And uh, Stram's basically telling uh, Hoffman that uh, Amanda Young, Jigsaw's apprentice, would have needed assistance with Carrie's trap because uh, she was like 100 pounds and Carrie weighed more than her. There's no way that she could have got it up there. And so he's thinking there's another accomplice. And Hoffman's like, yeah, but, you know, John Kramer is an engineering expert. He could have, you know, made rigs and pulleys, and they're not buying that. So 
kind of interesting where we're going now. So you've got a case that's supposedly closed, but it's not. And this is kind of a theme of the rest of the series. So anyway, um, that night, uh, Rig um, is actually attacked in his home, and Hoffman disappears. So you've got the two, you know, cops disappear. Not the FBI ones, but the ones who are actually working on the same force as Tap and Carrie and Detective Eric Matthews. Anybody I've missed so far that was uh, the Chinese guy <laughs> from the mm-hmm. first one whose head got blown off? Oh, there he goes. There we go. I had to bring up Asians. I knew it was going to happen. Yep, your fault. So when Rig actually wakes up, uh, there's a video. He wakes up in a cold shower, which has happened to me before, but it reminds me of fucking um, the first one whenever Adam wakes up in the cold bath, you know? Yeah. Well, this videotape that he watches, it informs him that Matthews is, in fact, still alive. And you're like, what the fuck? You just assumed he died, you know? We assumed he died in part two, but part three kind of told even more of a story. And so you assumed he was dead, but not so much. Um, and, and basically, Rig has 90 minutes to save himself. And Hoffman's survival is at stake as well. So Rig's job is to go save these other cops. Uh, so he goes under his first test, which is where he finds a woman named Brenda. This chick's a hooker. Am I wrong? Isn't that what she is? Definitely a hooker. Yeah. So this 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 uh, tape, you know, Jigsaw advises Rig to walk away and to quote, "See what I see," as written on the wall. But Rig's natural instincts to try to help those in need, and it, it clouds his judgment. So. Um, when Rig removes the pig mask covering Brenda's face, I know pigs are like an underlying theme of this movie, I assume because like pigs to the slaughter or something like that, but wouldn't it be lambs? But I guess Silence of the Lambs already did that, you know. <laughs> uh, I think that's why. They show him Gordon Hayward's ankle. Ugh. It's like the real life bone breaking. Ew. So when he takes yes, off the pig mask, like, he triggers a trap device that begins to slowly tear her scalp from her head. Invictus is also disgusting. <laughs> I mean, we are in full torture porn mode now, are we not? Oh, yeah. Like, I tell you, every, every movie, they amp it up just a little bit more. Just a you little piranha, bit more. Do you remember Piranha where the girl gets her, Piranha 3D where the girl gets her head caught in the propeller? It's just like that. <laughs> Yeah. It's fucking fucking nasty. This thing is slowly pulling her hair down there. And, you know, he eventually frees her after half her fucking scalp comes off. And the bitch attacks him with a pair of scissors or something. She's trying to kill Rig. And, and, you know, Rig's like, what the fuck, bitch? I just tried to save you. And, you know, basically she's been told that Rig's there to arrest her. And the only way to stop him is to kill him. Which, I mean, how much of a sentence does prostitution hold anyway? (laughs) <laughs> I guess we don't know where this is. Do we even know what state this is in? Because I don't. I have I no know. idea. I don't know. I don't think so either. I'm going to have to figure it out one of these days. I'm sure some nerd will tell me, and I'll be like, well, fuck you then. So. I bet you won't. He throws, he throws this chick into a mirror, <laughs> and... Uh, he leaves to find the site of his uh, next uh, test. Sometime later, though, Stram, Perez, and the uh, police enter the apartment and find Brenda dead. So what did she bleed out? I mean, what was the deal? 
What did you say? How did this chick die? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Like, he threw her into the mirror, and then the next thing, she's dead. Did she bleed to death? I mean... Probably, maybe. <laughs> I don't really know either. It's weird. All right. We're going to go with that. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to. There's no other fucking explanation of it. <laughs> um, and Jigsaw does like telling people they'll bleed out if they don't do something. So that's my opinion here. All right. So Rig, Rig shows up to his second test. He arrives at a motel where he's instructed to, quote, feel what I feel. And I'm starting to feel like Raven's cut the promo at this point. Yeah. It, it, uh, so this is painted on the door of one of the rooms. And uh, he, his job is to abduct the manager, Ivan, who's revealed to be a serial rapist. Kind of like you, Vic. Uh, what what, what classifies a serial? <laughs> I don't know. I guess you could be a date rapist, which is a lot more charming than a serial rapist, right? Hey, hashtag me too, son. <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best thing that happened in the history of this show. <laughs> oh my god, that's a lot. Wow. That covers a lot. That covers it a does. lot. Oh, that's you a know, lot we like our rape on this show. Yeah. We're, we're big fans of rape on the show. We enjoy the, the finer things in life, such as uh, uh, don't uh, you know uh, spit on your grave, uh, yeah. All that stuff. We, we, we enjoy tree rape. Tree rape is fun. Yes, tree rape is a, a highlight of any movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're horrible people. Rig is basically forced to uh, uh, Ivan. He forces Ivan into this prearranged trap at gunpoint in this hotel room. You know, which gives Ivan the option between having his eyes gouged out or being savagely dismembered. Would you gouge your eyes out, Vic, or you just be done? Because it's one thing to press a button and have it done, but it's quite another to be the guy that digs your own eyeball out, like in part two. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. Oh. <laughs> this is another one, man, where they're just fucking with us. But this guy deserves it, so you really don't care, you know? I mean, you kind of care about the hooker because she's just a hooker, but this dude's a rapist. So, I mean, nobody cares about this fat bastard. (laughs) So, so Rig hands this guy the two controllers to drive blades into his eyes, which will blind him but save his life. Well, Ivan um, runs out of time after he blinds one eye, and all his limbs are ripped off his body and thrown across the room. That's a pretty sweet scene, I have to say, Vic. It, like, it's as gory as something like that would be without showing too much, because I bet you they cut out, like, 20 seconds of this. Five yard nose, yeah. It was cut up and murdered. Yep. This dude just got torn apart. He's done. Got to love the traps on this one so far. They're a little different, but fun. So Riggs' next test is to, quote, save as I save. And so he goes to a school, and this school has a backstory. It also makes me wonder if this is the same school in part three where Jay, what's his name, gets hooked with all those different hooks all over his body. Remember I told you it was a school he was in? You mean Jay LaRose? Yeah, that, uh, that guy. 
I mean, I talked to the dude, and I can't remember his name. It's pretty sad. But anyway, mm-hmm. I, I kind of think this might have been where he was. Yeah. It, but man, I don't but know, who knows? Man, it, but I don't know. You're never going to know either. Unless we do some backtrack and jigsaw. And that's what I'm saying. We need to don't be told Duncan and ask him these questions. You think he would tell us? I think he would give us weird answers is what I think. He'd probably say, is that those of your imagination? You figure it out. That's what they all fucking say. That's what they all fucking I say. Know. Like, at I least, like, least Alan and Terry McMinn. Yeah, Adrian King and Terry McMinn make shit up. <laughs> they, they make up their own stories. <laughs> yeah, which is false, but it's fine, whatever. They can make up their own stories all they want. All right, so anyway. So the backstory of this school, right, is that Rig, who again, black cop from part two, is back for part, or excuse me, part three is back for part four. He wants to attack, attack this guy, this guy named Rex. No, his first name's not T, uh, who, who was apparently that. beating his wife and his daughter. And uh, Hoffman had uh, intervened to stave off disciplinary action against Rig at that time. Because, see, Rig beat the shit out of the dude for touching him, and uh, then Hoffman broke it up. But then he lied to the poli- or, you know, to the investigators and said that the guy provoked him. So Hoffman helped Rig get out of this because uh, the Rex had some scumbag lawyer that was going to um, basically help him sue the police department. And... This scumbag lawyer is Art, who we'll get back to. He was the dude from the start. It was all fucking tied up with uh, Trent, or whatever the hell the guy's name is. By the way, it's funny that the guy's name was, oh, excuse me, Trevor. He looks like fucking, Trevor looked like um, R.A. Milnehoff. Yes, he does. Yeah, less of a beard, but yeah, definitely him. So, in one of these classrooms, Rig discovers that that same asshole husband and her wife are impaled together, or his wife are impaled together back to back with these long metal rods. This is a fucking cool trap because it, it's simple, but it's effective um, because it's all about the human anatomy. And the rods are placed so that they they pass through vital circular circulatory points of his body but non-vital points of hers. That would take a lot of fucking planning. You know what I'm saying, Vic? And if yeah. he has the courage, good. I will say, yeah, like somebody had the time, I guess. Yeah, you gotta love you gotta love creative torture porn. That's all I'm saying. So if she has the courage to remove the rods. Her abusive husband will bleed to death, but she'll survive. So she's like, well, fuck you, and she starts pulling them out. <laughs> she does. She yeah. doesn't even have to think that long about it. Which good for her. And, you know, she should have done this a long time ago, threw his ass off a roof. But then again, he might just be like the guy from Curse of Michael Myers. You know, he was just trying to teach her some discipline. I mean, you can't blame the guy, you know? He didn't do anything wrong, these people. Yeah, yeah people don't. So by the time Rig gets in there and he finds the couple, she's pulled out all but one rod and, you know, and gone into shock from blood loss. Uh, but she suddenly wakes up and Rig tells her that she has to save herself. So he removes the last rod, hands her the key to the harness she and her dead husband are strapped into, and he sets off a fire alarm to alert emergency services to her position. And then he's fuck out of there. So Rig is basically learning to let people help themselves at this point. And that was kind of the quote, save as I save. 
All right, so Stram and Perez, they arrive on the scene, and, you know, previously they realized that both had become targets in the latest series of games, which is nothing new. All the investigators get fucked with, don't they? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So then they figure out that all of the uh, victims were actually defended by Art, the lawyer, who is also the lawyer of Jill Tuck, John Kramer's ex-wife. And this is when we get introduced to Jill Tuck, who, by the way, pretty hot. She used to do some conventions. Yes, she does, actually. I have to tell you, she just looks evil, too. Yeah, yeah, she she's evil. Or, or just mad. She looks mad all the time. Oh, yeah, definitely. Joker, too. <laughs> yeah. So, um, a gun used to insert the rods into Rex and Morgan actually fires a spear through a photographer and uh, uh, kills her on the scene. That's Perez, that is. Uh or, or, wait, excuse me. Ah, fuck me. Well, whatever. Stram and Perez, they find Billy Jigsaw's puppet in the office. It's surrounded by candles. Perez is told via tape recorder that Stram will soon take the life of an innocent man and that her next step is critical. And so she fucking ignores it just like everybody else does. She takes a closer look at Billy, whose face fucking explodes and showers her with shrapnel. So she gets rushed to the hospital in critical condition. So Perez... I always thought it was a shotgun blast, but whatever it was, it fucking blew chunks into her face. It was crazy. Don't fuck with the puppet, Vic. Hell no, that one was bad. So Stram's all pissed off. He starts interrogating Jill, you know, who basically tells Jigsaw's backstory. And so here it is. Jill was once pregnant with a boy to be named Gideon, which is after John's first construction project. But the baby was lost when Cecil uh, robbed this clinic that Jill... Anyway, uh, yeah, so she, she Cecil was like a drug addict, and uh, Jill worked at this, like, what do they call it, a methadone clinic, Vic? Isn't that what it is? Yes, Yep, you got yeah, it. so she works at a methadone clinic, and Cecil's one of the patients that comes in there, gets his drug fixed so he doesn't, you know, die or, or whatever the case may be. But Cecil robs this place where she's working. And on his way out, he, like, he like slams the door into her pregnant stomach, and it fucking causes a miscarriage. Like, you feel, sh- you feel shitty for her, and uh, you just want to choke the shit out of this little bastard. Which is funny because John had fucking whored him earlier. I really like any of the scenes with John from back in the day. John Kramer's awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, he's a fucking man. Yes, sir. Well, she kind of tells the story about how her and her husband grew apart and they got divorced because apparently John Kramer, everything he did was planned, which makes sense because look at all these plots he's planned out here. So after he learned that he had cancer and a short while to live, John kidnapped Cecil, put him in a trap, which was the first trap he ever built apparently. And this trap was cool, Vic. I like this trap. It's not as violent or as gruesome as some of the others. But this dude, okay, so he sits in a chair, and he had to push his face against knives in order to release his wrists and ankles, which he'll bleed out if he doesn't. Remember what I was talking about, bleeding out, Vic? Yeah, I bleeding out. This dude's, like, tied up with barbed wire or some shit. But anyway, if he he can push his face through these knives to make his... um, 
his his outer appearance look like his inner appearance, which is just fucking ugly, then then he'll survive. So um, he actually does. He manages to get through this thing, and uh, the chair he's sitting in collapsed, and he lunges at John, uh, who who's like just kind of watching him. He's just standing there, and John just sidesteps him at the last moment. Cecil falls into this tangle fucking razor wire, which I assume, Vic, this razor wire is what comes back for Fat Boy in the first one. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. The dude that has to crawl through the razor wire? I'm pretty sure that's this. I bet you he recycled it. Why wouldn't he? he he's not exactly, <laughs> you know, doing things that are clean at this point. Yep, kind of makes sense. So, Strand makes connections from Jill's story to the Gideon Meat Factory, the scene of Riggs' final test. So, Strand arrives but finds himself lost you know, accidentally trailing Jeff from the last one, which we don't even realize. Um, uh, basically, you think Jeff is looking for his daughter at this point. Oh, but we're going to find out some other stuff later on. In reality, the and I'll tell you now, the events of this film and Saw 3 are actually unfolding at the same time. This is kind of, I think, our twist in this one, Vic, or one of the twists, because you have no idea when stuff has taken place. We thought it was a few days after, but it's really taking place at the same time. Parallel, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting. Well, at least a lot of it. Maybe not the whole movie, but some of it. Um, so, meanwhile, Rig, you know, he approaches his final test. In the next room, you have Art, Detective Matthews, and Hoffman. Matthews is standing on an ice block with a chain noose pinned around his neck, while Hoffman's strapped into a chair with an electrode by his feet. And they're at opposite ends of a balanced scale. But if Matthew slips off the ice or too much of it melts, he'll be hanged and the weight shift will dump the runoff water onto Hoffman's end, electrocuting him. Do you get all this? I know it's fucking complicated, but that's basically how that works. <laughs> and basically, if Hoffman dies, or if uh, Matthews dies, so does Hoffman by electrocution. And Art, he's kind of the zeb of this movie. He's being forced to watch over them while he's got a device strapped to his back that holds a set of pincers against his neck, ready to cut through his spine. Another cool idea. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I wonder if Zeb was tied to anything. Oh, wait, he had that thing in his system. He was bleeding. Like, he had the thing that they had in their system in Part 2, remember? No, no. So he didn't actually have a trap on him. But anyway, once the 90-minute timer for Riggs' test runs out, he can push a button to release himself and the others. Um, but they can't do it until the 90 minutes is up. If the door is open before time runs out, Matthew's head will be crushed between two overhead ice blocks, and Hoffman will die with him. So nice little trap that's got a lot of people involved here. So at this point, uh, Rig, you know, he's approaching through the uh, door's grimy window, and Matthew's is trying to warn him, you know, but he can't fucking succeed here because Matthew's, I swear, dude, this guy, dude's been through hell. I feel so bad for this guy. You know what I'm saying? Matthews is so funny. He tries to kill himself earlier in the movie, and, like, you know, uh, Art doesn't let him because it's going to kill, um, well, it's going to kill uh, Hoffman, too, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so whenever whenever uh, Rig gets in, uh, Matthews actually shoots him, and... Uh, Though he's wounded, Riggs still crashes through the door one second left on the clock. See, Matthews and Hoffman presumably don't know who's coming through the door, so he just shoots whoever comes in. 
And this actually releases the overhead um, ice blocks, and it kills Matthews. <laughs> it was fucking crazy, wasn't it? This ice block kill. Like, it came out of nowhere. Uh, this dude just gets his head exploded. Yeah. Fucking nice. Anyway. Loved it. So, Art's trying to explain the situation um, to, to Rig because Rig had shot him, uh, you know, because he thinks he's responsible for the game. But, you know, Rig kills him, mistaking the tape recorder in his hand for a gun. So, Art's fucking, Art fucking dies here. So, now you got left is Hoffman and Rig. And the tape tells Rig that he's failed his final test by not learning that he could not save everyone by himself. Had he allowed the time to expire and not barge through the door, he would have passed and the three captives would have all survived. It's always about choices in this. You know what I mean? Make the wrong choice, everybody <laughs> dies. What a game. If anyway, uh, right, everybody makes the wrong choice for whatever reason. So at this point, Hoffman releases himself from his chair. He's completely unharmed. And he reveals that he's another apprentice of Jigsaw. And he leaves Rig bleeding on the floor. Meanwhile, you've got Shram facing off with Jeff in the makeshift sick room from Saw 3. So then you realize, oh shit, this is going on at the same time? What the fuck? So Jeff waves a gun at Stram, you know, thinking he's involved in the abduction of his daughter. And Stram kills Jeff in self-defense, fulfilling Jigsaw's earlier warning about an innocent man dying. By the way, this is the only good thing Stram does, as far as I'm concerned. He kills this motherfucker. Yay. Bye, <laughs> Jeff. We only got, like, five seconds of you. I told you we wouldn't get any much more of him. Thank God he died. It's too bad he didn't die in a trap or something. Yes, he should have. He sucks. But before he can ra- react further, La Hoffman locks him in the room with corpses of Jigsaw, Jeff, Amanda, and Lynn. And the movie kind of ends with Jigsaw's autopsy, showing that it took place after the events of this film. So we didn't know that, you know, it sound, it seemed like it took place before, but it actually took place after all this bullshit took place, which is telling Hoffman that he's got a test. And what's his test going to be? Who knows? I guess we got to tune in for Saw 5. So our big twists were, you know, the fact that the, the movie continuity and the fact that Hoffman is the new apprentice. So he is now taking the Jigsaw mantle. What did you think of this movie, Vic? I mean, I thought it was good. I mean, I liked it better than um, than part three. Um, How can you not? They they amped up the gore. They amped up the torture. Those are things I enjoy. Those are things I like. And... More and more, this movie is making me want to turn my face away and not pay. Like, it's just, some of it's just like out and out disgusting. But overall, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, it, it's not the best in the series so far, but it's up there, man. I, I want to give it a a high 3.0, not quite a 3.5, but it, it's in there with the threes. I, I like it a lot. Yeah, definitely better than Saw 3. There's no no argument whatsoever there. Um, I can't understand why IMDb has Saw 3 higher than Saw 4. I just don't get it. What is so special about Saw 3? Um, other than the fact that Shawnee Smith's in it a lot. <laughs> that's about it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, that's a pretty good thing, but yeah, uh, I don't know. 
also like Detective Hoffman, and I think I'm going to like him even more as the series goes on. So Saw 4, uh, I agree with you, Vic, 3.0. And this is telling us something about this series. Even the one that's the stinker so far of the series, which is part three in our opinion, it gets a 3.5. Um, Saul's doing quite well. You know what I'm saying? Kind of yeah, extreme I mean, in that way. Yeah, whenever you compare the Saw series to other horror series and – we know they all have that stinker, that stinker that uh, you know gets a two or a one point five or whatever. Like if the lowest one, I don't know if it will be, but the lowest one is a two point five. Then they did something right. I think out of um, all horror movies, um, you know, when you have a series that hits four movies at this point, um, it, it's tough to have four good ones. Friday Thirteenth did it. Halloween was pretty close. Oh, no, I'd say Halloween did. Uh, Texas Chainsaw failed because part four fucking will. Uh, yeah. You know, Scream did well, but Scream 3 was kind of a stinker as Saw 3 was, but it wasn't terrible. You know, neither yeah. one of them was terrible. The, the really bad ones in most series, they start happening later on. Nightmare on Elm Street, it started getting bad in part two and then in part four. Not terrible, but not good. So, you know, th- this is kind of an exception in the horror genre where you've got four strong movies, three really good, and one decent, you know? And that's not bad. Yeah. That's a hell of a series so far. And we still got three to go, and then one coming out on the 27th. So, I mean, hell of a little run for Saul so far, you know? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it, man. And I mean, they're going strong, so we'll see if they can continue uh, to go there. Uh, I'm pretty sure they will. But I haven't seen them, so I'm curious to see what they're about. So... Saw 4 gets a 5.9. What do you think about Saw 5? A lot of people say it's their least favorite one, or at least people I know. Hey, hold on real quick. I'll give you a piss real quick. I'll be right back, so keep that thought. <laughs> All right, well, I'll, talk about some, I'll talk about some specs here. Director is David Hackey, or Hackle. I don't know who the fuck this guy is. I'm going to look him up to see who he is. And we're on to Saw 5 now. David Hackle... He actually, he was a production designer and director, well, production designer on Saw 2 and Saw 3, and then he directed Saw 4. Let's see what else he got involved with. He was also a production designer on Saw 4. I mean, this was giving a lot of people their break. He really didn't have any other, um, you know, credits to his, uh, I mean, he did Into the Grizzly Maze, which I've never seen. He's done Life on the Line. I know nothing about this guy beyond the fact that he worked on Saul movies. Oh, he also worked on Repo, the genetic opera. So uh, I guess he's a Darren Lynn Bozeman, you know, apprentice or whatever you want to call him. So there's that. Saul 5 from 2008. It actually came out. What do you think? Late October? Let's see. October 24th, 2008. So we're talking about right before Halloween again. Um, The tagline on this is you won't believe how it ends. Which is pretty sweet. You back? I'm back. All right, man. IMDb rating. What do you think? Five point nine was the last one, so we're slow, slowly decreasing here. I'm going to say five point six. Five point eight. It only drops uh, five point one. All righty. That's that's good, then I guess. Um. um so okay, 
so a lot of people don't like this one. I don't know. I don't. I don't. You know, I've heard that anyway. A lot of people think this is the worst of the series. They think. I. I, I mean, I don't know. I've always said three, but we'll see what we feel after we talk about it here because uh, we both watched it uh, again. Uh, Vic, the budget went up on this one by eight hundred thousand. So ten million eight eight hundred thousand. It went slow. Uh, just a little bit bit up. And uh, the U.S. gross was $56 million. So uh, it did quite well, too. I mean, you can see why they kept turning these movies out. They were moneymakers for the studio, you know? Oh, they, they, were, they were getting on pay, man. And this is Lionsgate, too. Uh, the gross did drop down from the last one. It dropped about $7 million. But, you know, they're still making some good money on this shit. Five, five uh, into the series. You don't even get five into the series on most movies. So, um, yeah, uh, so Saw 5, 2008, here we go. You ready, Vic? October 28th, 2000, or, excuse me, October 24th, 2008. And Vic's going to be running this thing down, which is always entertainment. Hey, <laughs> buddy. Dude, Hi, one man, of the plot ready? keywords, uh, one of the cl- plot keywords that just made me laugh on Saw 4, like if, I guess if you look this up, you'll get it on IMDb, rapist serial kill. Serial rapist, rape detective, FBI. Okay, <laughs> so I guess that's what Saw Four is about. Those things. Yeah, three or four of my favorite things. Yeah. Okay, at least two. Anyway, so the film starts with uh, Seth in a pendulum tra- pendulum trap. It is. Reserved- I remember this on the previews. Remember when the yeah, previews came but- out? I remember this. Like, it, it seems yeah. like this thing's been around forever, but it's only been around since Saw 5, which is pretty late in the game. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But what's also crazy is Saw 5 came out like 10 years ago, or 9 years ago. <laughs> That's, That's crazy nuts. to me. That's crazy. I cannot believe that. No, that's, that's wild to me, man. Anyway... So it is revealed that uh, Seth is a murderer who was released early from prison due to a technicality. Uh, Seth is told by Jigsaw's puppet that if he wants to live, he has to destroy the things he used to kill his hands. His used to kill his hands, <clears throat> which basically means he strangles hookers and stuff. Yes. Well, what's fucked up is that, that not only is he going to destroy his hands, he's not going to cut them off. They're going to be like ground to bits. That is nasty. Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. That's what this movie's all about. Yeah, man. You know what I say? We keep up in the gore, right? Up in the torture. Yeah, we do. Let's see if we uh, up form? it a little bit more here. As we all can. right, so the, tra- the trap is later revealed to be, I don't know my phone went off, to be unwinnable, but Seth is made to believe it. The aim of the trap is for him to push buttons inside of two devices, which will trust both of his hands before a blade to pendulum, <clears throat> which is obviously intended to. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I just got a, I just got sidetracked. Intended to slice him in half, which is blah. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, not <laughs> it's not. It's, it's still a cool trap though. It is. It is. It is. Um, but anyway, it descends upon him. Seth had, in fact, trust his hands, but as the trap is unwinnable, the pendulum does not stop. From the side of the room, somebody watches Seth getting sliced in half through people. You know what this reminded me of? 
Do you what? remember the old picture of the video of uh, Nick Mondo taking the uh, weed or two of stomach and, like, flesh is flying from that? Yes. That's what, yes. That's what it reminded me of. Like, it was, it was bad. <laughs> it was horrible, man. It was pretty gross, man. It was pretty gross. But it didn't bother me as much because it's not bones breaking or teeth or anything. But, you know, yeah, the interesting the interesting thing about this part is that, like, you see somebody's watching them. And, like, I mean, we all assume it's Detective Hoffman, right? But who knows? The way it, the, uh, the continuity is gone as far as the actual, like, um, linear parts of it like who knows when this was or anything so you don't know at the start it could have been john kramer it could have been amanda it could have been him who knows yeah you you don't really know which is crazy all right so meanwhile agent stom shoots jeff and he enters the room where jigsaw died after investigating and finding jigsaw's corpse daughter's locked on stom by mark hoffman who knows? Our good buddy Costas Mandalore. You know, He's a good him, dude. Do what? He's a good dude. He is. He he was he, he was pretty cool, man. He's pretty cool. So uh, he was a pimp he was. Yeah, oh yeah, there's no doubt about that. He had whores everywhere. So uh, <laughs> Stone finds a hidden door in the room and kicks it open. The outlines of the door have been painted with glow-in-the-dark glow in paint, only visible in the dark. That makes sense. That makes sense. The door yep, leads yep. down the middle hallway. Stom finds a tape recorder and plays a jigsaw. Jigsaw police addresses him on the recording and warns him not to proceed, but to stay where he is, stating that he can find salvation or let his... In, 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 I don't know how to say the word. Hunger to uncover the truth drive drive him deeper in the abyss. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. In, in, insatiable? Insa- I don't know. Insatiable? Insatiable. Insatiable? Insatiable. Yeah. All right, I'm going to quit drinking. So, no, don't do that. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Jigsaw urges him to make the right choice. You know what you said, all about choices. Make the right one. But most everybody always wants to make the wrong choice. Why? That's how they ended up there in the first place, though, so it's predictable. I think he enjoys these dumbasses fucking up. Yeah, because, you know, you got somebody like Mr. Strom over here who disregards the warning and leaves the room anyway. Walking down the hallway. Just go ahead, walk on down. He is soon attacked by a figure in a pig mask. Presumably Hoffman. Maybe. Maybe not. He he wakes to find himself in one of Jigsaw's traps. Like, who didn't know that was coming? What a bum. His head is in the sealed box, which, I don't know, I, I found that weird. Which quickly uh, starts to fill with water. And, you know, you know my, my biggest fear in life is to be trapped, right? Yeah, I know so, you're a little bit claustrophobic, so I knew that was... Uh, yeah, and... That and like, and I'm, I, I have a fear of drowning. Like I love swimming, you know that, but I have a fear of drowning. I kind of so, feel like um, some of these movies, uh, they go beyond like torture porn in some aspects, um, and they go to like your worst fears. They haven't used spiders yeah. or snakes or anything, but they are doing things that like freak people out, and this is one of them. Yes, it is. It is. Ah, uh, yeah. 
I, I went. I went down with it. So his head is in a sealed box, which quickly fills or starts to fill with water. Before he runs out of air, he performs a trachotomy, Yeah, what you said. With yeah, a tube of, nasty of, too. A, of a ballpoint pen in order to breathe. Blah. The police yeah, had dude, to the law is right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Fuck that, dude. Fuck that. That is, you got to be a bad motherfucker to do some shit like that. I mean, I know I wouldn't want to drown either, but these people, they got balls of steel. Yeah, like, man. I, I, mean, I couldn't even do this acting. Like, I, I'd just quit. I'd walk off the set. <laughs> I'd be done. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'd, fuck, dude. I, I had a feeling you had some issues with drowning, so I wasn't surprised that this bugged you. Uh, yeah. it, it is fucked up, though, to have your head trapped in something like I mean, that is a horrific fear. It's not so much about pain, but it certainly would be about <laughs> suffering. I mean, people say yeah. all the time, drowning's the worst way to die. Think about drowning with your head in a fucking box. I mean, you're like, who's no, at this I point? No like the feeling of not being able to do anything and like you're just gonna you just have to sit there and die. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or it's just do it now this is one of those this is a psychological trap. You know what I mean? The other ones are more about pain and blood. This one is psychological despite the fact that it sucks. And then it becomes pain and, and blood. And it's I mean it's still torture just the same, you know what I'm saying? Just a different type of torture. Yep, psychological. Yep. The police make it to the Gideon warehouse, and Hoffman emerges carrying Corbett, claiming that he saved hers. Strong is carried out on a stretcher, still alive but badly injured. So the next yeah, day... Yeah, Hoffman's <laughs> pissed off about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, this motherfucker. <laughs> He's done with it. Yep. So the next day, the police hold a service for all the people who have died chasing Jigsaw. The chief of police announces that the Jigsaw murders are over and for most Hoffman. John Kramer's ex-wife, Jill, is given a videotape box of, from John's lawyer. The contents of the she box says, rubies. Yes, yes, yes. But yes, the, big old <laughs> the contents of the box says, John, uh, are of grave importance to, or what? The contents of the box says, <laughs> says John, are of grave importance to her. Lord. After looking in the box, Jill leaves without telling John's lawyer what's inside. Later, she meets agent Dan Erickson, uh, <clears throat> Strom's boss, and informs him she believes agent Strom is following her. Cause he is. And he's got a perv stash, too. Yeah, because he's a perv. He looks like Coach. Love, no, not Coach. He looks like Major Dad. That's who he looks like. Major Dad. <laughs> that's Remember awesome. that show? Yeah, he looks straight awesome. up like him. That's amazing, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so Strom is shown mourning the neck. Neck Sean Strom is shown mourning next to an empty hospital bed because Agent Perez died during the night. Agent Erickson, Strom's boss, visits Strom, telling telling him that he was taken off the jigsaw case. That's fucked up. Strom is just yeah. making anger. Just because he got stabbed in the throat by himself yeah. with a pin. <laughs> yes, yeah, like 
That's no reason to thank him off. That's a dick move. Hoffman, Major Dad is an Hoffman asshole. Yeah. All right, Hoffman so got Hoffman promoted. He's room. a hero. Do I? I said Hoffman got promoted. He's a hero. He is. He is. Or something like that. I'll tell you what, man. I'm rooting for Hoffman this whole fucking movie. Legit. Like, like, okay, like in the first one, you don't even know who Jigsaw is, so you're not really rooting for him. The second one, <laughs> you do, but, like, dude has cancer, and you just don't really know what to think of him at this point. And three, I mean, you're not really rude. I don't know what the fuck you're thinking in part three. Part four is a different animal altogether because you don't know what the fuck's going on. And this one, I'm just rooting for Hoffman all the way through. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, how can you not? Fuck the rest. That's who I'm going for. I'm like, come on, Hoffman, kill all these motherfuckers. Every last one of them. <laughs> I don't really like anybody but Hoffman, so fuck them. I mean, Amanda and Jigsaw are dead. Yeah, yeah, yep. So, Hoffman walks into the room. Strom starts to act suspicious. And says that Perez's final word was, quote-unquote, Hoffman. Did, Hoffman so... I'm confused here. Like, this all of a sudden popped up. I feel like I missed something. What the fuck was her deal? She was, she yeah. didn't die? <laughs> I mean, we never saw this, did we? Uh, no. No, no, no. So my assumption know. is, my assumption is, she just wouldn't come back for this movie. Yeah, I, mean, I guess they, I don't know. I guess they didn't want to pay her or didn't think she was worth what she wanted. Don't you think that that's probably what happened? I mean, who the fuck she thinks she is? For real? You're just random Mexican chick. Yeah, you're, you're a bum. A bum, bum, bum. I guess they, they they probably wanted to keep continuity with the actors, so they said, fuck you, you're dead. Bye. Yeah, pretty much. They didn't want some other random Mexican, because, yeah. They didn't want some beaner running the show. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, what? <laughs> Woo! They tried to pay her in pesos. <laughs> no? Wow. Yeah, they were like, we got a shiny penny for you. I don't want to make that. I want to make a burrito and taco. Oh, sorry. oh my God. You drunk bastard. <laughs> Emma? Damn. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. So, so I don't know. I'm trying to be. Hoffman weirdly says he has no idea what Strom is talking about because Strom's a moron. He, <laughs> he should have said that to you. He should have said, look <laughs> at you. You're a fucking moron who stabs himself with a pin. <laughs> he goes, I'm a hero. I saved that girl. You're a retard. He stabbed himself with a pin and got fired for yeah. it. <laughs> Pretty much. That's just how it goes. Um... So, where am I at now? All right. Yeah, yeah. So, he heads back to his office and finds a note for him saying, I know who you are. I don't believe he does. Hoffman gets worried. And there's a dick pic inside. Yeah. This is old school before messaging. Hoffman gets worried (laughs) that his secret is threatened and that he may be in danger. Later, Hoffman heads to a a layer where several monitors are placed on a table depicting five unconscious people on the first monitor. This should get This is a busy guy. 
He's a busy motherfucker. That's all I'm saying. He is, man. He is. He I don't know how he does it. All right, so meanwhile, the five people wake up in a sewer in a necktie trap. This is going to mess up. They are told by the <laughs> five will become one with the common goal of survival. He states that while their lifelong instincts will, will tell you to react one way, I implore you to do the opposite. The first part of their test involves pulling against the cable to get a king at the end of the room to release themselves. It's never that simple. The consequence <laughs> not No, it is. We're not for not completing the trap is to be beheaded. Well, ain't that a motherfucker? They they deduce they they deduce they need to work quickly as nail bombs are set to go off and the timer counts down. Malik gets anxious and runs ahead, starting the timer. What Jigsaw's a fucking terrorist. <laughs> terrorist <laughs> set bombs and shit. Oh my Jigsaw's a Jigsaw's fucking Muslim. I want to play a game. I want to play a game. I want to see Bob's and Virgin, or else I'm going to blow you up. <laughs> Thank you. Come again. <laughs> I think that's Indian, but whatever. No, same thing. They're all terrorists. <laughs> yeah, say what? Yeah, I think you just did. It happened. Oh, no, all right, so We're going to be kicked off. We're not going to be able to finish the Saw series. Uh, yeah, we're gonna kick off kick kick off because of the Me Too comments. <laughs> Hashtag Me Too, bro. Everybody's yeah. been sexually harassed. You didn't know? God damn, yeah, they're man. just carrying that weight of the world on them all the time. <laughs> Lord. In the end, everyone except for Ashley gets their keys. Ashley is eventually beheaded by the blade once the cable is pulled tight. The group walks through the door to the next room. Why is that the guy be dumb? Dude, they pulled some shit on us, too. Like, they made it seem like Ashley was going to be the one to survive. She had a level head at first. <laughs> Why, well, she still had a head. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, her head's still level. Or well, at least her neck is. I'd let her give me some. Yeah, some level neck. But for real, like, I didn't think she'd be the first to die. I thought it'd be the blackguard. Yeah, because it should have been. Let's be honest. Yeah, you're right. You're right. She's like wearing a business suit. You know, blackguards don't get that far in life. Not unless they're a rapper or a singer or something. Or a basketball player. <laughs> or a basketball player. Maybe even football, but they'd have CTE and kill their family or themselves. <laughs> One or the other. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Can I continue? Uh, Brown, so. contemplating what his deceased partner said, heads home to the FBI headquarters to find files on Hoffman. <clears throat> he finds a file saying the Hoffman sister was murdered and her killer, Seth, was killed in his trap, which was revealed to have taken place before the events of the first film. Ooh. Interesting. Sneaky bastards. They're fucking with the timeline again. Yes, they are. And I hate it. Strong, <laughs> it confuses me. Strong <laughs> comes to the conclusion that Hoffman killed Seth, but staged it as a jigsaw trap. Hoffman designed and orchestrated the trap himself using a, a voice modulator to disguise his voice as jigsaw and designed his own puppet to deliver such message. Hoffman, yeah, you know, it's, 
what's funny, what's funny is Stram, you know, he knows that nobody's going to believe him because he's a cripple. <laughs> Nobody listens to handicapped people. They probably just think he's retarded. Like, why do you sound like you have fucking lung cancer? What's your problem? <laughs> wow. But but it's true, though. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so a flashback to Kenton Hoffman looking at the pendulum trap in two. As he was the person watching at the start of the film. Sometime after says Hey, but Vic, you want to know something else this has in common with, with Scream, other than the fact that the, the third ones are the weakest uh, of the series? <laughs> the, the voice changer. The voice changer. Oh, and yeah, they play yeah. a game. Yeah. A lot of similarities yes, to Scream here. And and the pig mask costume that Jigsaw wears, if you just switch it out you know, with the ghost face mask, it's the same fucking thing, except for there's some red in it. Yep. Kind of crazy. It is pretty crazy. Jigsaw ripped off the right. What an asshole. That's <laughs> pretty awesome, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. All right, disguise the voice of Jigsaw and design his own puppet to deliver Seth's message. A flashback, a flashback, depicting Hoffman looking at the person watching at the start of the film. Sometime after Seth's death, Hoffman is kidnapped by Jigsaw, who has discovered who is truly responsible for Seth's death. Jigsaw scolds Hoffman and blackmails him into working for him, for him, which Hoffman reluctantly agrees to. Hoffman is then shown through flashbacks, setting up the house trap, talking to Jigsaw before the events of the last saw, which was Saw 4, as we just talked about, and kidnapping Paul. Paul's a bum. <laughs> it's, it's true. After watching yeah. Paul fail his, fail his trap through a peephole, Jigsaw gives Hoffman Alfred Gordon's pin light, which he would later plant at, at Mark's crime scene. Paul, Paul's such that, an idiot. He was trying to cut his wrist with a fucking beer bottle <laughs> or a, a, a yeah. rum bottle. <laughs> what a dumbass. Like, well, yeah, what kind of sense does that make? Like, ever. Right. That's because he, he wanted attention. That's why his ass kept throwing him barbed wire. Yes, sir. You got it. So Razor wire. That there, that there must have been at least one jigsaw victim unknown to the viewers tested before Paul where the puppet was used. Interesting. That way, yeah. Hoffman and the authorities would know of the puppet, and Hoffman could use it for Seth's trap. By the end of these events, Hoffman is willing to apprentice to jigsaw. All right. So back in the sewers, Charles, Malik, Luba, and Britt. A bunch Luba. of bugs. What the fuck? Megan Good's name is Luba. Luba? Luba? Uh, it's probably Luba. Luba Fett? I think it's Luba. It's Luba. Luba Fett. Right. Fair enough. Luba Fett. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so they, they make it to the next trap. In this trap, the group has to smash jars. Filled with glass to find keys. Then bomb shelters before a bomb goes off in the sewer. There are four bomb shelters, but only three of the keys will fit the locks. I don't know, somebody's fucked. Jigsaw's puppet tells the group to decide which of them will be the odd man out. Malik begins to smash the jars with the pole. Charles beats Malik with the pole down to the ground. (laughs) It's funny to say. (laughs) 
with, with the intent of sacrificing Malik's life so the rest can escape to safety. I mean, Malik is kind of a bum, so I feel it. Yep. Um, Britt and Luba, because her name is Luba now, pick up keys. Malik attempts to pick up a key, but Charles steps on his hand and takes it. <laughs> Just as Charles is about to enter his shelter, Luba hits him with the phone and gives the key back to Malik. Oh, that's just fucked up. Luba's the black Luba's, isn't she? I believe so. I mean, with the name like Luba, she has to be. <laughs> that's what I think. Lububa. <laughs> Lububa, motherfucker. The trio enter the shelter and leave Charles to die by the explosion. Luba, Malik, and Britt make it to their next test. In this yeah. test, they have to find a way for five cords of electricity to make it into a bathwater to complete a circuit opening the door to the next test. This and you know the way to do that. Did you know that blackguards are, are really good at conducting electricity? <laughs> You're about to find out. <laughs> However, <laughs> the cords are not long enough to reach the bathwater, so they think they need to use a person as an electrical conductor. Luba tries to kill Malik to use his body. But Britt stabbed There was no warning the- here either. She just went up ape shit on him. Like, there was no warning. There was no discussion. She just went crazy. <laughs> Saying she never she never trusted Luba anyway. So Malik and Britt use Luba's body for the electricity to reach the bath, and the door opens to their final test. Like, does that work? Like, I'm going to use Tori's body once. <laughs> well, he's black, so he's already been fried. It's not going to make a difference. There we go. See, he can be our white. He can be our white. Let's call. Let's start calling Corey Lupa. <laughs> oh <laughs> it catches on. It'll be awesome. This yes, let's do it. Or we can call his sister Luba. <laughs> Say how's Luba yeah. Bonner doing? Oh my God, Luba! I gotta write that yep. down. I'm writing down Luba so I don't forget when I'm sober tomorrow. <laughs> Luba. That's so Luba. Funny. <laughs> Luba. Oh my That's God. the best name ever. Yeah. All right. So, um, meanwhile, Hoffman steals Strathom's cell phone from the evidence locker and plants it at the house where Britton Malik's game is being held in hopes to frame him. Strahem is now sure that Hoffman is Jigsaw's apprentice. He ain't sure of that. He's a bum. Meanwhile, Britt and Malik make it to their final test. In this sense, they have to stick their hands in rotating saws and bleed into a beaker. Oh, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> when the, the beaker fills with the labeled volume of their blood, the door to the room will unlock and they will be free to go. Before they start the test, they realize that, that there are five saws and five openings on the contraption for which to stick arms into. They didn't you realize, stupid fuckers. They, yes. they didn't realize, like a light bulb pops up in their head, that everyone could have made it through every test of life. Oh, so sad. Only one, key was needed to unlock. Only one key was needed to unlock each naked strength in the first trap. The bomb shelters have room for two in the second trap, and each person could have sustained a mild electric shock to complete the circuit in the third trap. It is also revealed that they are all, they were all connected by an act of arson that happened some time ago, which resulted in the death of eight people. In the final test, 
Each could have given just two pints of blood easily lit. Britt and Malik realized the aim of their game was to work together <clears throat> and to help keep all five alive, unlike survival of the fittest as they had all thought. With no other options, the two remaining survivors began sawing their arms in an attempt to fill the beaker meant for five, meant for five with ten pints of their blood. Woo! Yeah. That's that's, you're going to be a little fucking anemic after this one. Hell yeah. Justin Britton Malik filled the beaker with blood, finishing the final test. The FBI agent named Derrickson <clears throat> arrives at the scene. Both passed out from blood loss, and Derrickson finds them and calls for backup. It appears as though Britt survived and Malik did not. FBI Yeah, oh, that Erickson. was nasty. Did you did you see his fucking arm? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. It was you disgusting. Dude, it, was, it was fucking split in two. It was gross. Oh. Yeah, it was, yeah. <clears throat> so FBI agent Erickson, having found the jigsaw files that Hoffman planted, along with Strom's cell phone issues and APB on Strom, Assuming him to be the other jigsaw accomplice. He just assumed he liked stabbing himself in the neck. I mean, you know what I mean? Because he's handicapped. So, Strahan. 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 (laughs) You drunk bastard. Follows Hoffman to a new location. Possibly Hoffman's house. I don't believe it. It is revealed that the house is the same one from Saw 2 where the group game took place. The house has since been refurbished and made livable. Strom follows Hoffman into the house and finds the trap door leading to the underground structure of the house. The passing, passing the bathroom is stored, its door still closed. Strom finds a new room and enters it. Inside the room is a transparent box filled with broken glass and recording featuring Hoffman's voice rather than Jigsaw's. Ooh, I like it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, you, you could hear his voice behind it. You know what I mean? Kind of like in... Dream whenever Nev Campbell picks up the voice changer, and you can tell it's her, mm-hmm. you know, not the usual oh, ghost face. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Hoffman urges Strom to have trust and to get into the box. He'll be hurt, but but has a chance at life. How important is your life, sir? Is a real question. Strom, I play off. around in glass. That's all good. I mean, I probably would too, honestly. Strom sets off the tape when he hears Hoffman walking in the distance behind him. Strom hides behind the door, and shortly after, Hoffman walks into the room while Strom approaches Hoffman. From behind, holding him to gunpoint, and tries to rape him. Yeah, he does. He's like, let me get that booty. And he's like, no, nah, yeah. man, get out of here. He, he, he stuck his pistol in his booty, hoe. He didn't like it. <laughs> he stick a gun in the pussy and swallow the cum. Yeah, my guy. That's some old school lunatic Vic right there. Yeah, strange man. Shoves Hoffman into the box, filling him in. Boom. Hoffman's Yeah, you're like, oh, shit, yeah, Hoffman's going to die. That's what you think, you know? Yes, yeah, sir. I mean, because, yeah, you would think that, right? Yeah. But Hoffman signals for Strong to play the rest of the tape. <laughs> he got him now. The rest of the tape plays and explains the rest of the rules to Strong. Making him realize he would have he would have lived if he got into the box, saying that if he wouldn't, the room would become his tomb and he would simply vanish. Jigsaw's tape addresses from at the beginning of the film was not referring to the sick room, but the current one. 
The walls begin to close, close in on, close in on the room as the glass box lowers into the floor, safe from the closing walls. Strom attempts to break into the glass box by shooting it and trying to pull it open, but the glass material is is impenetrable. <laughs> Impenetrable. Impenetrable yeah, is a chick we can't get with. Whenever we see hot chicks that are out of our league, we need to say she's impenetrable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That'd be awesome. At least by a normal man. At least by normal man or lesser <laughs> man. I'm not really sure which we are, but <laughs> somewhere around there. We're <laughs> Yeah. Um, All right, so... Stram starts shouting to Hoffman. Stram starts shouting at Hoffman. I know who you are. Yeah, I think he's real proud of himself there. Yeah, I mean, because that helps anybody at all, right? Soon the walls come close enough for Stram to attempt to climb up the ceiling and escape the roof filter. However, it is too late. And he becomes slowly crushed by the walls while Hoffman watches Strom get get crushed from down below. With all that is planted to frame Strom for being the next Jigsaw accomplice, Hoffman is now able to continue his work as Jigsaw surviving apprentice. Undetected, leaving the Jigsaw legacy pinpointed to Strom, who is in fact dead. All right. It is also believed that Jigsaw's autopsy. Autopsy occurred after the events of Saw Five, Give, giving new insight to Hoffman being the last man standing. Now that Strom is dead, therefore Hoffman is yet to be tested, as promised by the tape found at the autopsy. The beginning end of Saw Four was not to set up for Saw Five, but presumably and hopefully Saw Six. Yep. Well, Vic, I have to tell you that ending that was fucking disgusting. <laughs> oh my god they were showing his bones break it is I mean if you just think about what happened to him that is vile nasty shit and I think that might be the worst thing in this whole series so far other than what Matthews did to his foot but imagine doing it to your foot to your whole fucking body yeah man horrible bro horrible that was some shit in Star Wars where it actually happens. See, there's a part in Star Wars where they get stuck in a dumpster and almost get crushed like this, but in this, it actually happens, and it is nasty. I think this is a sweet fucking ending of the movie. You want me to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, go ahead. I really feel like every one of these movies have a good ending. You know what I mean? Uh, three's ending was probably the weakest out of all of them, but I think this one's really good. Um... Is it better than four as far as the ending goes? Eh, yeah, I like it better. I mean, I know you get the reveal of Hoffman and four, but I like this one better just because he fucking outsmarted him. Um, let's start talking about something that we really haven't talked about yet in this series. We got to kind of like set aside logic a little bit because if you think Hoffman's able to pull off most of this shit especially after Jigsaw's dead, which technically I guess he could be using his own creations and all that shit. But, you know, to think that Hoffman's smart enough to kind of run this thing by himself, I don't buy it. You know what I mean? But that's kind of... Don't don't think about horror too hard. You just kind of have to, you know, (laughs) pretend for the best. But Hoffman is awesome in the role. I like him a lot. 
I like him better than all the other characters in this movie. Um, Stram, fuck him. I'm glad he got killed, and I'm glad Jeff got killed in the last one. It makes me so happy to see Bums getting killed off. Um, I think this is a good movie. I think the whole trap thing where everybody had to work together was kind of cool. Most of those scenes weren't really too bad. I think the torture porn, other than the ending, was a little uh, less this time around. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think for the most part, I mean, it's just for the whole being trapped in the water thing, cause, but that's just yeah. a personal thing to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, but that's a lot of people. It's not just you. So, um, But well, it yeah. was gross to have him stab himself in the neck. That was pretty fucking foul. Um, uh, you know what? I'll give this one a three also. Uh, I don't know... I think Saw 4 was better overall, the movie, because this one was, like, all flashbacks, you know? There was flashbacks in yeah. 4, but this was, like, a lot of flashbacks. I think that's the issue that people have with this movie, is a lot of this movie is flashbacks. But I still think it's really good and better than Saw 3, and about as good as Saw 4. It's not anywhere near as good as 2 or 1. So 3 for me. 3 out of 4 machetes for this bad boy. So back-to-back 3s for me. Uh, which was an improvement over part three, so which was a two and a half for me. Yeah, um, well, I guess I'll... First of all, like you said, there people either seem to really like this movie or really hate it. Um, I, I don't hate it. I'm more in the uh, really like it category, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, like, I definitely like it better than three. And... I, Parts of it I like better than four. Um, I mean, because it, it really it played on my fears more so than any of the other ones have because, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. if there's something I'm watching that makes me feel uncomfortable, then that, that makes that movie better than me. And then that makes sense? Mm-hmm. So, but when it all comes down to it, like, I, I mean... The gore wasn't up to par with the with the last couple or the last few or whatever, which is always a sad thing to me. Um, Jill don't show her boobs, which is a sad thing to me. Um, but in the end, we agree again. I, I give it a three. It's a higher three. It's a higher three than part four, but they're still they're both threes nonetheless. They're still, I mean, they're they're pretty much even to me. They're both better than part three, and um, it. Four and five are pretty much on part for me for watching them today for the first time back to back. I mean, I, I thought they were both good, man. They're they're both great installments to the series, I think. You know, Vic, if you, before we had started this whole thing, I mean, I could tell you it was in part three, I could tell you it was in part two, and I could tell you it was in part one. But four, five, and six, and seven—well, not seven so much because there's some obvious differences in that one, but. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you which one's four and which one's five and which one's six, really. You know what I mean? I don't remember yeah. which one's which because they're all kind of the same. So that's just kind of a preview of what's coming in part six. It's a lot like four and five, which is not a bad thing. I mean, if you want a pretty good torture porn, you're going to get that from four and five, and you'll get it from six probably. Um, we're going to watch it again and find out. But, you know, it's kind of weird with the series. Like, it just kind of – it's more of the same, but more of the same is a good thing, you know? I, I feel like that's where, like, movies like Friday the 13th got off track. They were like, we need to do something different. No, you don't. It's successful as it is. This is where this this series succeeds, you know? 
they realize what works and they keep doing it. Yes, sir. I mean, it's working because you see the, you know, the what they're bringing in with every single movie. You know what I'm saying? So whatever they're doing is working. It had America on in, you know what I'm saying, every October waiting for it to come out. Yeah. And so, I mean, obviously they were successful. It did well. And we have not had a horrible movie of the bunch. And, you know, the worst one was a two and a half so far. So that's a hell of a fucking series. One through five. I mean, okay, so I like Friday the 13th Part 5, but a lot of people shit on that movie. I don't think there's one in this series that you could totally shit on so far. Um, you know, Halloween 5 is not so great. I mean, it has its moments, but you can shit on that if you want to. Nightmare on Elm Street by Part 5, it's not so great. Uh, fucking Chainsaw is not even a series by Part 5. It's a remake by then, you know? Uh, I mean, it really is. Your part five is a remake. I mean, that's weird, yeah. but it's true. Yeah. And part six is so, a prequel. You know what I'm yeah. yeah, that's the weirdest <laughs> series of the bunch, I think. But I don't know. Halloween's pretty strange, too. And then, then again, so it's Friday the 13th. It's the only one they threw his ass into space like he's Leprechaun or some shit. Or Hellraiser. <laughs> they made his ass lower <laughs> in. Um, <laughs> as long as we don't get Jigsaw in space, we're good to go. But yeah, man, this series has been... Excellent so far, I think. You know, um, it is once you get to the point of three, four, or five, you know, you're just doing torture porn. But I like torture porn, so I, you know, I'm good with it. I just like the adventures of Detective Hoffman at this point. I think he's awesome, by the way. I, I really do. Well, I think he does a good job in the role. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I would have been okay with more Shawnee Smith in this series, but I'm okay with the fact that we get Hoffman instead, you know, just because he's more menacing. Yeah, I do love some Shawnee Smith, though. I mean, you, how could you not? But at least we get some Jill, you know, Jigsaw's wife, so we got that. <laughs> Very but true. Good, good stuff all around. Well, uh, as promised, I went to uh, uh, Orlando uh, over the last what, like five days? So the first day I was there, I went, and as you can see on our Facebook, I was at Universal Horror Nights in Orlando, and it was fucking badass, especially the Trick or Treat Scare Zone. Um, for those of you who have not seen yet, go to facebook.com uh, slash Travis and Vic Horror, I think it is, or just look up Travis and Vic Drunken Horror Adventures. You should like our page already if you're listening. Jesus Christ. But... um I uh, posted live video of my walkthrough to Trick or Treat Scare Fest, which features cameos by the principal who loved me, uh, and uh, he took a selfie with me. You saw that, right? Yeah. Dude, you can't get anybody else in there to do selfies with you usually. They'll stop for a second, but, like, Sam will just try to run through you. <laughs> He'll just ignore you. I yeah, don't give a fuck. The werewolves took pictures with me. Um but, yeah, the principal, he was sitting there with Fat Kid throwing up, which I think he hits a button and the Fat Kid throws up. The the trick-or-treating retards were there. Um, uh, there were, like, three different Sams. Only one of them was moving around. No, two of them were moving around because there was another one that looked like kind of like a zombie Sam. It was sweet. There were two that were posted up in trees that weren't real, but they were cool. Uh, cool as fuck. Uh, there were werewolves walking around. You had Snow White, Cinderella. Um, 
uh, Lil Bo Peep and and uh, Lil Red Riding Hood. That was cool. Uh, you had Mr. Krieg from next door. He's the one, I fucked with him, Vic. Right. So Mr. Krieg, what's he hate? Do what? What does Mr. Krieg, the neighbor, hate? Um, I don't know what. He hates Halloween. Remember? He hates Halloween. So I told him Happy Halloween, just like the principal <laughs> did. And, you know, he That's said to awesome. me, he's like, oh, he started like grumbling at me. He's like, oh, la, la, la. nice shirt, because <laughs> I was wearing the <laughs> trick or treat shirt. He got excited. <laughs> he awesome. marked out for my shirt. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the principal and Mr. Krieg was funny, but I walked through the trick or treat scare zone, no joke, at least ten times. Did you really? Yeah, at one point I got a turkey leg with my wife, and we just sat there and watched it all. It was amazing. Um, Did you see all the fucking lights and the pumpkins and everything? Tell me that did not feel like Halloween, just like the movie. It was so well done. It it looked awesome. It is so amazing. It just sucks that this is like, you know, next year they won't have it. So it's not like you can go do it again. Well, that sucks. I want to go. I know. They'll have... They'll have something else, you know? Yeah. All right. So I also went and saw The Shining Haunted House. That was really cool. Basically, you just got a bunch of scenes from the movie. Um, Same deal with The Shining, or with Saul. Uh, You just had a bunch of different traps and stuff. My wife wasn't too impressed with Saul, but I think because she didn't like the movies that much, which she's wrong. Um, Or she's just not into that. But she likes Shining a lot. And I would have gone to Ash vs. Evil Dead, and I would have gone to a bunch of other places, but we had the flight that morning, and we were just fucking exhausted by then. But they did have a bunch of characters walking around, like um, Bagul from Sinister. He was walking around. You had some people from American Horror Story walking around. I don't think I saw Twisty. There were a bunch of clowns riding around on bikes and shit. And then the Purge, Vic. This was badass. Yeah. I was did you watch that, that video? Did you watch oh, that video? God. Yes, it was so awesome. Yeah, so around the purge area, you had a bunch of people from the movies, you know, wearing freaky masks and shit and walking around with weapons and just scaring the fuck out of people. But then just randomly, we're walking along, do-do-do, and all of a sudden you just hear, like, trucks and and horns beeping and chainsaws revving up. And out of this fucking street comes a truck, multiple trucks, a motorcycle, multiple motorcycles, and people with chainsaws, like 50 people with chainsaws just walking down the street. And it was like, everybody's like, holy fuck, and everybody's just running away. It was so awesome, dude. So good. Yeah, dude. It looked so good. I, I, wanna, I wish I could have been there for it. Ooh, somebody just showed the Cavs' bench reaction to Gordon Hayward's injury. Yeah, uh, it's horrible, man. You know it's successful when somebody gets sick. Hey, can you do me a favor? I got a crying baby I got to go take care of real quick, okay? I'll be right back. Just talk for a bit. Talk about what you've been up to. All right, everyone. I've been up to uh, literally uh, nothing but working and going out and drinking and clubbing and living uh, a life that nobody really should. Um. But if anybody wants to come see me, y'all can find me 
um, out at uh, any of these clubs around Louisville. But by the real talk, I just want to talk about the conventions we got coming up, man, because Colorado is coming up, and they got this huge Friday 13th Part 5 uh, reunion. It's going to be amazing. And then you got Days of the Dead coming up, like two weeks after that in Chicago, which I don't mean, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go to now. I, my my main counselor not wanting me to go. It's telling me no. It said, don't go to Chicago, fool. Like, I don't know if I should listen to it or not. I, I really want to go. We'll see what happens. But back to Horror here in the Columbus, man. They're going to have a Silent Night Daily Night. They're going to have a Black, or Black Christmas, uh, American Pie. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas for you bumps or like that type of thing. Uh, Sharknado, man. Like, all kinds of people going to be up in Columbus for Warhound. It's, it's going to be live. Mick Foley's going to be there. Like, who don't want to see Mick Foley? He's only charging 40 hours. Like, that's an easy $60 autograph, for real, for real. But he's only charging 40 bucks. Um, I'm sure the people from Nightmare Before Christmas starting like 50 a piece and then go piss off Travis. No, it is what it is. Um, yeah, man, I can't wait for it. It's coming up the week after Halloween, so it's going to be fresh to death. We're going to be there. I'm back. We're, we're going to be there on that Sunday. He's got to decide to come out and see us on that Sunday, Columbus, Ohio, or But yeah, Columbus. We're going to be in there. What? Yeah. Columbus. Sorry. You're good. I just gave the whole breakdown of uh Florida County Columbus. God damn, it's gonna be crazy, man. I'm I'm pissed off about it. <laughs> hey, I don't know. I mean, What's great is, I, don't, I don't know if I'm gonna go to the of Dead Chicago right now. I kinda of thought you might not, just because of how much you're gonna spend there. So if yeah, you don't go, like I'm not gonna be disappointed in you. And I, the, only, the only thing that I really want to go for is uh, the Hellraiser. Uh, the Hellraiser reunion. But, I mean, it's just a bunch of centibites. Yeah, but I don't give a fuck about Hellraiser that much. You know what I mean? I wouldn't drive yeah. six hours for him, so. And, and I can't even find my Hellraiser poster, so that means I'd have to get that really again. Well, that sucks. You know, I got Ashley uh, Lawrence on there, and, like, you know, she's not even going to be there, so. Yeah, I'm not very happy yeah. right now. Yeah, I can understand. Well, it's a, it's worth skipping then. Um, we've also got Contamination that weekend, but I'm telling you, man, uh, that con has turned out like Fandom Fest or whatever the hell it is now, and it's just weird. I don't know what to think of it. I think the person who's yeah. running it is a shoot retard. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it, man. It seems like it. Because, no, they, they were bought by whoever, because the original owner told it last year. I don't know, mm-hmm. man. And it sucks, because I like contamination the one time away. And, hell, we drove there just to meet Tony Todd. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah and that is all over the place. Pisses me off. Yeah, I know. That's okay. Yeah, we thought at that point, like, we'd never seen him anywhere. Well, we, I'm we glad you went, though, because there were, a bunch, there were a bunch of Days of the Dead, or Day of the Dead people that I haven't seen since. Yes, yes, and we found a bottle for Oka. Yeah, we did, and we also, I gave the Albert Pujols the finger. Yeah, and we had an email. 
Yes. So anyway, yeah. Uh, okay. So can, to continue my thought, the the purge was fucking badass. I, I, you know, it was just all. It was like going to a haunted house, basically, but inside an entire park. I mean, kind of like. Um, you know, King's Island, Vic, but, you know, you had more theming as far as the actual movies go. Yeah. So I recommend anybody who's anybody go to uh, see uh, Halloween Horror Nights, whether you're on the left coast or you're over here. Um, If you can go to Halloween Horror Nights, you should do it. I also, on Thursday, I went to Epcot for their Food and Wine Festival, but I will tell you, Vic, you know, I have to eat gluten-free. It fucking sucks. Um, I'd say one out of five places. I, okay, so let me explain how Epcot is. Uh, you never been to Epcot, have you? Uh, yeah, I went to Epcot once upon a time. Uh, well, it's all about international stuff, right? It's all, yeah. Stuff around yeah. the world. So the Food and Wine Festival, they have, you know, um, little stands for each country. And, like, they had a shit ton of countries but only about one out of five of these stands had gluten-free food. So, I mean, most of the stuff, even if it's like chicken, they have some sort of gluten in it, probably because they use like teriyaki sauce. Make sense? Yeah. Because that has weed in it, I guess. Anyway, so only one out of five or so would have uh, food. Um, so, But I had like, okay, my wife had a Disney um, dining package for us. So while we were there... The way it works is like you spend fifty dollars a day, and you if you buy the expensive stuff, it ends up being worth it, right? So she was buying every bit of expensive food at these places. So, you know, for fifty dollars in a day, you get all these little snacks for like eight bucks a piece. If you end up with like six of them, you know what I'm saying? It adds up. Um, yeah. But but you also get a. We also had a regular meal that day too. Anyway, point is. Uh, I had like a, a, a like a ribeye taco in Mexico. I had the Brazilian bites in Brazil, along with like some sort of pork shoulder, and then I don't remember what else, but some sort of African steak. It was good too. But I was just going from place to place getting drunk. <laughs> I was just picking up wine everywhere I went and just getting that. I'd get the five dollar wine wherever I would go. It's a, you saw the picture of me holding the three wine glasses? Yes. I was a happy man at Epcot. Um, so it was pretty cool. Um, but I got to tell you, Epcot, eh, I don't need to ever go back. You know what I mean? It was fun, but it wasn't yeah. anything that spectacular. Um, so the next day, the day after that, we didn't have anything going on until that night, which was Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween. So during the day... Uh, We just kind of hung out at the pool, but we went to um, this resort for, where the fuck did we eat breakfast? No, I'm trying to remember where we ate breakfast on Friday. That was our anniversary whenever we announced. By the way, everybody, just to let you know, I'm having a boy, so yay. Now I don't have to have any but I'm done. Okay. Um, (laughs) So, so, um... Uh well I, I can't remember which food was which but I, I had some I had a hot brown down in Florida which makes no sense because it's a Kentucky deal but they it was gluten free down there and it was awesome 
And then what else did I have down there? I had some sort of buffet with the Mickey waffles. That shit was awesome. I had one where I had – this was the meal where I had Mickey waffles. I had an omelet. I had sausage bacon, like 10 pounds of bacon. I ate so much, it was ridiculous. I was such a fat – dude, I put on like 8 pounds on this trip. Yeah. Yeah, and I was walking all the time too, so that tells you something. Dude, my feet were so blistered after Halloween Horror Nights. I was wearing new shoes, and they fucked me over. That sucks. Yep. Well worth it, though. Uh, but anyway, Mickey's not so scary Halloween, Vic. So I'm I'm sure, I, I don't know if you were or not, but I'm sure you want to hear my thoughts on Mickey's not so scary Halloween, right? Of course. Of course. Okay. So obviously it's not like Horror Nights because, you know, they're two different animals. But for what it was, it really wasn't bad. Like, they had pumpkins everywhere. Like, most of them were Mickey pumpkins, but it was fucking cool with the decoration, you know? The one thing that pissed me off is that I waited an hour and a half in a line to meet Jack and Sally, and these aren't even the real people. You know what I'm saying? It's just assholes dressed up as them. <laughs> but, I, but I will tell you, in character, these two were awesome. Like, they both acted just like the characters. Like, Jack wouldn't let me get a word in edgewise. And I, at the end of it, I told him, happy Friday the 13th. <laughs> he was excited. That's awesome. And Sally was hot. You saw her. She would have got it. Dude, we met Snow White at Epcot, and, like, her face, dude. I wish I could show you these pictures, but they're, like, on PhotoPass. Her face, she's, like, making this face, like, what the fuck have I gotten into? It was so funny. Uh, And then we we met the dwarves, and Grumpy was just mad the whole time. It was awesome. And I saw that. And, yeah, and we met uh, Lotso, Lotso Hugging Bear. I also met uh, Goofy, and that motherfucker hugged me like I was a little guy. He enveloped me. He wouldn't let me go. Goofy loved me. <laughs> That's and awesome. Mickey and Minnie, just for the fuck of it. We met all of them, too. Anyway, so uh, uh, what I was going to tell you is, at Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween, they do this, this show in front of Cinderella's Castle, which is lit up like for Halloween, a different color. And um, yeah. it's all the villains, right? It starts out with the Sanderson sisters from Hocus Pocus, and it looks just like them, and it sounds just like them. They did an awesome job. And, you know, they start singing and doing all that bullshit. Well, and then um, one, one of the Disney villains comes out, and I'm trying to think of the first one that comes out. Uh, it's some dude from Princess and the Frog. Like, he's a voodoo guy, which I've never seen that full movie because it's black, so... I don't watch black culture. (laughs) I'm just fucking with you. Any of our black listeners, of which we have none, I'm just joking completely. (laughs) Anyway, so the second person that came out, though, you know, they were doing their thing, is Oogie Boogie. He came out and he basically did the Oogie Boogie song, but he replaced Sandy Claus for Sanderson Sisters, and he was, like, fucking with them. And then all the other Disney villains just about came out, other than, like, Scar, Shere Khan, and a couple others. But, like, Maleficent was there, and then they did this big song and dance. But I'm telling you, man, next to Trick or Treat, as far as all the things we did in the parks, that was actually my second favorite thing, that whole that show they did. Weird, I know. And then they had... Yep, yep, it was. I was surprised. And then the second thing that, like, okay, so I don't give half a fuck about a parade, but 
you know, I'll watch it. It's Disney. It's Halloween. Of course, you know, it reminds me of like uh, in Trick or Treat where they have the parade. So, I, you know, I, I want to get into it. And they start doing this parade. And at the start, it's like Mickey and 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 Donald and Goofy and like they're dressed up, but not really. And I'm like, what the fuck? And Tigger and Pooh aren't really dressed up. I'm like, what is this shit? And I'm pissed off about it, right? <laughs> I'm like, at least dress up your characters like it's Halloween, you know? It was annoying me. Well, then it finally started to get into people that made sense. But it was cool because, have you seen Wreck-It Ralph? Uh, No, I haven't, actually. That's a Disney movie you should see. Wreck-It Ralph was in the parade. But then they had these these dudes that were like skulls, and they were doing the song. And then they had the people, you know Haunted Mansion, right? Yeah. They had a bunch of ghosts from Haunted Mansion dancing, and uh, then they got to all the villains. So it was actually a pretty cool parade. Like, the second half of it was way cooler than the first, because they just didn't give a shit about the first. They just had, you know, the characters that you're used to, but the second half was cool. Anyway, um, so that was fun, and then basically it was just bullshitting around for the rest of the time I was there at various places. My wife, I I sent you this, she bought the um, this cup that was basically the poison apple from Snow White and it has like frozen lemonade oh, yeah, in it. But you could me. you could buy it with alcohol though. Yeah, you should have. It's also it's also uh uh the only place or um what the fuck was I gonna say? It's um God damn it, I don't even remember. She was also looking for an Oogie Boogie popcorn um like bucket but apparently it's such a collector's item, everybody had already bought it, and they don't have any more. Like, these Disney nerds are crazy. You've seen Rachel. I mean, these people are nuts. Yeah, I don't understand them. Yeah. Oh, and uh, I went to an Irish place. It was pretty cool. People were dancing, but I was terrified because they gave me real bread and told me it was (laughs) gluten-free. I ate, like, three bites, and then this black... He's the black waiter, okay? So this is black theme continues. He's like, uh, uh, I'm sorry, that's not gluten-free. And I'm like, I've already taken three bites of this motherfucker. I'm about... You know, so, like, of course, like, I'm sure I was like, oh, fuck, at the time. I thought I was... Because who wants... Like, every fucking time I go on vacation, this happens. And I was like, God damn it. But I really never had any problems. So that's a good thing. Um, Also, I ate it. I ate at T-Rex down there. T-Rex is that, you know, restaurant with the dinosaurs. And uh, I got an order. I got an order of nachos. Right. And it's supposed to, it's supposed to serve two. Uh, It serves me. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and then you saw the drinks I got at the, the Grand Floridian. This is where they had the Grand Colada and the Pina Colada. They were so fucking good. That place was amazing. It, it, dude, the food was so good down there. It made me so happy. And not That's just for everybody who's gluten-free either. You'd have a bunch of shit too, you know. Anybody would. But, yeah, it was fun. That's good. That's good. That's all a good time, bro. I'm going to sign and get Hell the yeah. Yeah, well, I was thinking one of these days we need to make sure you come with us. It'd be fucking great. Yeah. Oh, that last day when we went to the restaurant, that California Grill, it's not so much up to your... It wouldn't be something you'd like that much, but they had so much fuck. I even ate sushi, Vic, and it was good. But it was because it wasn't raw fish, you know? 
I don't do that raw fish shit. It was crab, which I know you probably don't like because it's seafood, but I don't mind crab. I could deal with crab. So it was pretty good. But And it was just a whole bunch of meat and cheese at this place. And, and mimosas, Vic, bottomless mimosas. My ass was drunk yeah, at 11 a.m. Oh, it was Ain't nothing wrong. You know what a mimosa man. is, right? Yes. I've never had one, but yes. It's orange juice and champagne. So I'm just sitting there fucking... I get there, and I pick one up on the way to my seat. Like, because they have them sitting on the bar. I literally picked one up on the way to my seat. And so by the time I get to my seat, it's gone. And the chick's like, I guess you guys know about the bottomless mimosas. I was like, yeah, I need another. (laughs) That's awesome. And she was like, do you need anything? I was like, another mimosa. It's like, you need anything else? Another mimosa. <laughs> and it's like in the morning and I'm fucked up. It was great. I love it. It was our type of place as far as that goes. But, I mean, it was expensive, too. We used those Disney credits, right? But it was like a $170 meal. Good God. But I got my money's worth. Well, we didn't spend 170 but, you know, Boy, probably like a a piece. But it was uh, it was fucking good. I I couldn't function the rest of the day because that was our last day there. Because I spent the whole night in the airport afterwards, and I didn't sleep. I sat there and watched Saw Four, and I watched SmackDown and Two Hundred Five Live while I was sitting there. And you watched the Broncos. Shut up! They got their asses kicked too. It wasn't even close. Dude, I told you I had a bad feeling. Didn't I tell you I had a bad feeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. After the Aaron Rodgers hit, I was like, something ain't right. I got a bad feeling about this game. Something just did not feel right that day. And there you go. Yep. Yes, sir. (laughs) I'm watching LeBron have pivot feet instead of a pivot foot. It's pretty fucking funny. (laughs) Wow. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I had a good time. I would do Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween again. I don't ever need to do Epcot again. I did it once. That's about all I need. I mean, the Food and Wine Festival wasn't anything special for real, other than those fucking cheese bread from Brazil. But, I mean, we can make that. Um, But, yeah, uh, it was a a good trip, man. It was good to get away. I needed it. I came back, and everything's exactly the same. By the way... Remember how I told you people were getting in trouble at my work for HIPAA violations? Yeah. Guess how they're dealing with it now? Firing everybody. Nope. So check this out, right? Let's say I send a fax to the wrong person. I have to report it, first of all. And once I report it, you know what they do? They deduct $100 from my bonus. Oh, my God. Yes. And they made us sign this agreement. Wow. Take $100 out of your ass every time. But it's not only on you, though. Your supervisor and managers lose money, too. Oh, my God. Like Rebecca, she, you know, my boss, she loses $250 every time it happens. Wow. Yeah, you want to talk about taking chunks out of people's asses? That's how you do it. So pretty much, I'm pretty fucking nervous at this point. I'm like, boy, I'll tell you what. (laughs) Thanks a lot for making it easy for us. 
And no also, doubt. I told you my my goal my goal used to be 178. Now it's 210. You want to talk about raping somebody? My boss literally emailed me to apologize. <laughs> it's like I'm sorry. <laughs> she's like I'm sorry. You know what, what? And she's like, what can I say? And I'm like, well, don't fucking worry about it. It is what it is. If I don't make these goals, then I don't make these goals. It is what it is. Yeah, what but you gonna yeah. do, right? Oh, what am I going to do? There's not shit I can do about it. It's not like they're going to change it because I cry about it. <laughs> yeah, so, no doubt. That's my life. By the way, while I was gone, we had this giant tent, okay, in our backyard because it was for Hazel's birthday. This tent flipped over. I don't know how. It was tied to the fence and to the playground equipment. Nothing else flipped over. I have no idea how this happened. I understand the wind was bad, but I still don't get how that's even possible. I don't know how. You want me to tell you? How? Corey. Because he's black and dumb? Yeah. And shady? Yeah, he's shady as fuck. (laughs) That was so funny, dude. You fucking trolling on him. He does. He was crying about it today. I know how, you know it's not ignoring it, right? Yeah, he got all serious with us. And I was like, no, nah, man, why are you being intentionally vague? I don't do that. I don't ever do that. The only time you're yeah. intentionally vague is when you're at work. Yeah, I mean, if I'm working, I'm working, but, you know what I'm saying? If I got something, if I'm doing something, I'll let you know what the hell I'm doing. I'm okay. I'll tell you the truth. I'm not going to the boat because I don't have that type of boat money, and it's hard to get away. And if I'm going to get away, I'm going to do something I really want to do. You know? Well, yeah. Yep. By the way, I'm goddamn tired of people acting like cauliflower is good. I can eat cauliflower, <laughs> but let's not pretend it's good. Now, have you noticed? Like, I don't know if you do. You follow? Do you follow any of these food pages like Delish or anything like that? No, no, no. Dude, all the time they're trying to substitute bread or rice with cauliflower. Nah, bro. My wife tried to make grilled cheeses with cauliflower. It was some nasty shit. Some nasty shit. It is horrible. It is. It's horrible. So, Vic, in two weeks, we're going to be talking about uh, Halloween, um, true stories of Halloween. Um, next week, of course, we're doing Saw 6 and, and Saw 3D. But the point about two weeks from now, it's going to be Halloween. And as we've discussed previously, we're going to have some nice – anybody who wants to join us, and we'll have some rum and cider. I've got a recipe. We're going to have it. We're going to get fucked up that night if you join me live. If not, then uh, uh, we'll get drunk earlier in the day at El Nepal or something. <laughs> you should be off anyway. It's only fair. Like, my boss asked me if I had big Halloween plans, and I was like, I can't discuss such things. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you just need to mind your own business with that stuff. But anyway, yeah. That's awesome. Exactly. So anyway, yeah, uh, Halloween's going to be a big deal on this show. What do you expect? Don't know when we're going to go live, but it really doesn't matter because most of the time it's uploaded the next day anyway. So... You'll get to hear our drunken annex as we talk about some real stories from Halloween, such as, and this one goes without saying, the Candyman, Ronald O'Brien, the motherfucker who almost killed Halloween for all of us, and the man who all these stories are inspired by. Um, Pumpkin Carver, then Be the Harvest. No, I'm talking about the ones where 
people were putting razor blades and candy bars and things like that because a lot of this comes from them. Pretty sure somebody put glass in my Smarties when I was a kid, Vic. Huh? Do what? What'd you say? What'd you say? I said, I'm pretty sure somebody... I was going to say, I didn't eat Smarties for a long time because I'm pretty sure I got glass in my Smarties as a kid. Man, I used to... Whenever I was a kid, like my mom would go through my candy or whatever, and I thought she just did it so she could eat it. (laughs) She might have. My parents quit checking my My parents used to check our candy when we were little, but they stopped. They didn't give a fuck anymore. They're like, eh, we got insurance on you bums. Yeah, basically. I remember remember one Halloween where it was fucking snowing, or at least there was snow on the ground. What kind of weirdness is that? We're not even in a cold place. That's stupid. Yeah. We we do live in a weird city. I tell you what, if Halloween was today, though, it would be about right, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah today it was like perfect Halloween weather. There's two types of Halloweens I hate. Where it's too hot, that one sucks because the atmosphere is all fucked up. Or when it's so cold that little kids have to wear, like, winter coats. And I'm like, then they don't even, they, what's the point of wearing a costume? Their coat, or their coat is a costume. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Dumb. All right, Vic, what have you been watching? I know we're way into the show now, but let's see. I'm trying to think, uh, because I watched the Saul movies, and then I don't know if I've gotten to see anything else, man. Oh, wait, I, I watched It Follows. Can I, can I talk about It Follows real quick? So It Follows, all right. It's about a, like, people have sex, and then... Some sort of a, like a ghost or a monster or something follows them after that. After they have sex, it's passed along through sex, basically. So the only way to get rid of it is by having sex with somebody else, and then it follows them. And it sounds like a really stupid concept, but the movie was kind of creepy. Um, the end wasn't great. Uh, it was kind of slow at times. So it really wasn't a bad movie, though, but a lot of people love that movie. Um, I'd give it like a high 2.5, kind of like Saw 3. Um, uh, it, it just, uh, I don't know, man, it, there's some really good stuff in it and some really boring stuff in it. So, uh, for a movie that's just not like super, high, you know, high budget theater to re- release, it's on Netflix, get a chance to check it out. It's worth one watch if you have the time. And I think that's all I have for now because I've got some other movies lined up now that I'm off vacation. Yeah, I mean, I ain't really watched nothing. I watched Soft Warner about it. That's all I got for you. I've been watching The Exorcist TV show. I know you get mad about it for some fucking reason. It's kind of stupid. But it's not. It's an awesome show, man. You have to have faith in me. It's better than Bates Motel. It's better than uh, Scream TV show. Way better. Uh, It's better than Scream Queens. It's better than a lot of the American... Like, I really like The Exorcist, man. It's good, bro. Have faith. I have faith. Yeah, yeah. I have faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, The Exorcist is good shit. I've also been... Uh, that's about it. That's about all I've been watching. I, I'll start catching up soon. Like, it's weird, though, because, you know, I, I watch wrestling, 
I watch sports, and I watch horror movies. And when you're on vacation, you really can't do any of those things. I, although I did watch um, Jason Goes to Hell while I was there, and I had an epiphany. If it was its own slasher and was not in the Friday the 13th franchise, it'd be pretty fucking good. Like I told you. Like, that's what I think about that movie now. It'd be pretty good in the series. Now, like Friday the 13th Part 8, not very good at all. <laughs> it, it, like, because there's no blood. You know? What kind of a slasher doesn't have blood, Halloween 4? I really don't understand how, uh, how you watch Jason Goes to Hell. Like, how is that your, your movie of choice? Okay, let me explain. All right. Keep in mind, I don't have my DVDs, my Blu-rays or anything, right? Exactly, I'm, yeah. It's Friday the 13th. It's Friday the 13th, okay? So the first part of the day, I find whatever I can on digital download for free. And that's Jason. Uh, was my name is, or his name was Jason, the documentary. Yeah. And it's it's on Sling, you know, which is, they do have on-demand like cable does. So I watch that. Well, later on in the day, um, we're waiting in line to meet Jack and Sally, and this thing's an hour and a half long. So I look on Sling for Friday the 13th. You can't find any fucking Friday the 13th movie on Sling. What kind of sense does that make, right? So I go, over to, I go, I go look at AMC to see if they're playing anything, and they are. They're playing Jason Goes to Hell. So I just start watching it live. Uh, that's how that works. Believe me, I wouldn't have chose Jason Goes to Hell as the fucking movie of choice. But it was funny while I was watching it. That's what came to mind for me. I was like, this movie is trying to rip off the Halloween franchise with the sister storyline, um, and it sucks as an entry into the series, but as a, as a standalone slasher, just for a slasher, it's not bad. I mean, I, I enjoyed just it whenever fit. I saw it. No, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Like, it's enjoyable just for, I mean, okay, the, there's some pretty good kills in it. There's some nasty-ass effects in it. And, you know, it, it's, but, you know, it's kind of like Halloween three. You can't like put it, compare it with the others because it's a totally different movie. Yeah, but yeah. it's hard to do once you've had all these Jasons where he's a straight up slasher. Then all of a sudden you got this body. You got all these weird ass storylines going on. You're like, what the fuck's going on? So if it was his own movie, it'd be fine. Uh, I disagree with that and the next generation thing because I don't really think that's the case in next generation. It, it, like it goes beyond just fucking up Leatherface, you know. Well, next, yeah, next generation had like one good part, or or same for Jason X. That movie's just stupid. This it, it, is all <laughs> there is to it. It has nothing to do with Jason. Although that just makes it worse that you're fucking up a great character, you know, by putting him in a duck mask <laughs> and a terrible pig mask at the start. Those, those are the worst fucking masks I've ever seen in my life, other than like Halloween Four. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, so... Oh, yeah. That and the Halloween 5 one. They're my favorite. Yeah. So we've gone a whole... Come on, dogs. Come outside. Come on. Fudge doesn't even bother to wake up anymore. <laughs> since, since we've gone five entries into the franchise, you know what I have to do now. What's that? Piss in the bushes. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's got to happen. Yeah, dude, it feels like uh, it feels a little cooler than Halloween, to be honest with you right now. But I'll take this over it being fucking hot. I don't know about you. I don't know, man. Like, uh, the one thing I, I hate is the fact that this morning it was cold. I wore pants and a hoodie and a toboggan. I get off work at 4 and it was hot. And I, I, I was confused. I can't piss in the bushes. Wow. My wife put some shit in front of the gate. I can't get out. I'm going to have to go piss on the side of the house. Are you are you going to figure out the gate? No, it, there's something in front of it, and the gate pulls forward. Does that make sense? Yeah, I got you. So, like, I can't, I'd have to, like, I can't squeeze through there. <laughs> that sucks. But I can piss on the neighbor's fence. What do you think of that? There you go. Exactly. Anyway, yeah, it does suck for it to be cold and then get hot, where you don't know what the fuck to wear. Yeah, man. But, I mean, I was dressed perfectly fine for 35 degrees this morning. I get off work in the last 70 degrees, and I'm not dressed for 70 degrees. Dude, you should have seen my goofy ass get off the plane in shorts, and it was in the 50s at the time. I was like, woo, I'm not in Florida anymore. That's awesome. So check this out. Next Wednesday, our high is going to be 54. What? Next Wednesday, our high is going to be 54. It's not not tomorrow. Yeah, but I'm sure it'll change. But, yeah, I mean, we're not getting over 70. uh, Friday's going to be 76, and that's going to be the warmest it's going to be for a while, I think. Yay, that's awesome, last To to add some shit to it, by the way, I'm going to Baxter Avenue, um the the Baxter Parade, Halloween Parade. No, oh, yeah, I want you to Baxter Did you? How was it? Uh get on really? But like we were in Port Street and the people was one of the chicks came up to me and said I don't like country music. Take me to the trap music. And I said, I can take you to the trap music, but it's not close to here. So I don't care. Take me to the trap music. So we go to the Halloween's and go to Baxter's for the trap music. I don't, understand my life. I don't understand my life, Travis. I don't either. It's pretty weird. Yeah, By the way, in case you didn't know, I was drinking gumption tonight. This show is sponsored by Gumption. I'll figure. Yeah, my dogs are stupid. <laughs> no, I should not. <sighs> yeah, I've been I've been spending the last two days draining Sienna's ear of blood and pus. Oh, I don't like that. It's gross. Well, I don't want to, but it's better than having her have her balloon ear. Yeah, that's nasty. Yeah, it sucks. But anyway, okay, so I guess that's it for this week. What's grinding my gears? Uh, I'm back from vacation, and I don't want to be. Although I did miss my girls, so there's that. And we'll be back next week for Saw 6 and the final chapter, which won't be the fucking final chapter, because we're going to go see, you know, Jigsaw right after that. So 
we'll be back next week, and then we'll be back the week after talking some true Halloween stories. Vic, you got anything you want to throw out before we head out? Uh, just uh, follow us on social media, man. Everybody knows what it is. I should have to get out every week. Find us on Facebook, and you can get it out there. Or go to the website, Travis and Vic. Travis and Vic, horror.wordpress.com. Everything you need is right there. That's what I said. Actually, I did. Travisandvickhorror.wordpress.com. That that has everything. That shows you where we are on everything in the world. So if you need to holler at us, you already do. You know what it is. And he's drunk and not making any sense, so we'll just head out. At Phenomenal TLD, at Vic Von Eric. Tweet us so we can get no fight. Later on, everybody. Later, everybody.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.